Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. On everything that God is doing. Now, it's very, very important. We talked last week about prophecy. When teaching and talking about the gift of prophecy, it's not only um, important we talk about all the positive things when it comes to prophecy and all the positive things that the gift of prophecy brings, but we also need to shed light on the abuse of the gift because this is, in my opinion, the most abused gift of all the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 of the Spirit. Many people have gotten turned off to the prophetic ministry. Help me by sharing this broadcast to the prophetic ministry because we have abused the gift of prophecy. One of the reasons why pastors shy away from letting people give prophetic words or even prophesying themselves is because they had one or two bad experiences and now they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. But by looking at some pitfalls, some misuses, and some abuses, we can make sure as believers we avoid these. And this is the goal, guys. Not only do I believe tonight God is going to heal those that have been abused by the prophetic movement, and not only is God going to heal those that have been abused by prophetic words, which there's many of you that have, but God is also going to show us safeguards so that we don't unintentionally abuse people with prophecy. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that as I'm prophesying, I'm prophesying with integrity. As I'm prophesying, I'm sharing the word of God with clarity, and I'm not accidentally abusing people or misusing the gift of prophecy. So this is a very real thing. This is a very sensitive topic. I know people don't want to talk about about this people don't want to share about this but this is the single-handed reason why we're not seeing the prophetic gift flow in the church why many of you would say in our church and I don't want to, I'm not here to condemn your church or bash it but if you're honest and you're a pastor you say we don't have the gift of prophecy functioning in our church we don't have the gift of prophecy functioning in our members or functioning on Sunday morning or functioning at all we don't have a prophetic team we don't have a prophetic anointing and that's because oftentimes we had one or two bad experiences so just because we had a bad experience experience with prophecy does not mean we should throw out the gift of prophecy now let me make something very very clear definition of abuse is to use something for a bad effect or a bad purpose or to misuse something and people are saying how could you abuse prophecy it doesn't make sense what's prophetic abuse it simply means to use prophecy for the wrong reasons or to misuse the gift of prophecy and prophecy has been misused in america we've seen it misused on youtube misused on facebook misused behind the pulpit and i believe that god is cleansing his church i believe god is cleansing the prophetic movement now not everyone that's misusing prophecy is doing it on purpose but just because we're not doing it on purpose doesn't mean it isn't wrong or doesn't mean it's not damaging because some of you have made life-altering decisions because of a prophetic word a prophetic word someone gave you or a prophetic word you gave now I'm not gonna go back to what I did last week and go over the foundations and try to reconvince you that Paul says all of you can prophesy I'm not gonna reconvince you that the prophetic gift is for the church and that everyone has access and that everyone has control over the gift because the Bible says that those who prophesy can control the gift or can control their spirit and could control them prophesying so you need to understand God's desire is that everybody speaks his word and prophecy is simply speaking words from God and so this is not the office of the prophet tonight we are not talking about the office of the prophet we are not talking about being on a stage and prophesying to people we are talking about simple prophecy which 95% of us are going to do or are doing and that's the new testament prophecy many of you in this chat tonight wrote me saying isaiah i've experienced prophetic abuse and i believe god wants to heal you i believe god wants to restore you the basic definition is when someone spoke a word over you or said god said this about something in a fashion to benefit themselves or to benefit their own agenda some people call this prophetic witchcraft i thought that it was a little bit too clickbaity to call it prophetic witchcraft or dramatic but really it is happening all throughout the country and I do know as of right now there is serious prophetic abuse happening in the prophetic movement and just generally when people get into prophecy and they don't have the safeguards I'm gonna give you tonight they don't have the regulations I'm gonna give you according to scripture tonight or they don't have a framework they start prophesying things they shouldn't be prophesying and people can get damaged come on share this broadcast I need you guys help tonight 
People can get damaged in the process. Now, prophecy, I don't want to discourage you. I don't want to share tonight. And then at the end you say, well, you said I can't do all these things. And so I'm just not going to prophesy. That's not what I want to do. What I want to do is show you where the gift has been misused and so that we can avoid misusing it because prophecy is incredibly powerful and this is why abuse is so prevalent and so pronounced is because prophecy has so much power and with great power comes great responsibility remember prophecy is speaking words from God and so not everyone that says God is saying this has pure motives or is in a pure spirit and sometimes people get a good godly word but they don't deliver it properly and this is where we see a lot of innocent prophetic abuse is when people are getting words from God, but they're not translating, interpreting, or delivering the word properly. It's like if you order something off of Amazon, come on, don't act like you don't have a package coming to your door every day, and you get the package off of Amazon and it comes broken. It wasn't the sender that broke it, it was the person delivering the message, delivering the package that mishandled the package, mishandled the message, and broke it. So oftentimes when God gives the word, it's not God that's the problem, it's the person person delivering the message that's either out of line, has an orphan spirit, is functioning in a different spirit, or just is innocent and doesn't know how we should be prophesying in the New Testament. So we don't blame God for the abuse. We don't blame God for the prophetic word. And let me tell you what's happened. Many people that have given words and abuse people with prophecy, the person receiving the abusive word or the manipulative word, they get angry or bitter at God because something didn't happen or they prophesied something negative or something changed directions in their life and it led them off of the path that God had them on. And so they get mad at God, not realizing God is not the problem. Friend, I wanna tell you that God is perfect, that anytime I say something wrong, anytime I read the Bible and don't agree with something, anytime I make a mistake or a misstep, I never think, oh, this is God's fault. God must be wrong because I don't agree. It's always my problem. It's always my fault. I have to realize that I'm the one in the wrong and I need to get in alignment with God and not try to cover up the fact that I've misused the gift of prophecy. Now, let me just say this. Many of you in this broadcast, as I share tonight, are going to start understanding I've, I've misused the gift of prophecy. So instead of being all condemned and all bitter and getting resentful and clicking off this broadcast, just say, Lord, I repent. Thank you for bringing someone to me that's going to help me to repent of this. It's going to help me to get right with God. And maybe I've been prophesying wrong and I just didn't know that I've been prophesying things that don't line up with scripture. But guess what? Now's the day of salvation. Today's the day of repentance. So don't get all condemned. Let this bring holy condemnation conviction over you. And I pray tonight that there would be a holy boldness. I pray that there would be a holy conviction. I pray that there would be a hunger on the inside of you to say, Lord, I want to prophesy according to your word. I don't want to cut people down. I don't want to wound people. I don't want to hurt people. And I'm telling you tonight, I'll give you practical things to write down to help you. And I'm telling you, I'm going to share stuff with you, not because I'm some amazing man of God, but stuff that God has showed me you've probably never heard to help us get in alignment when flowing in the prophetic gift. And I believe prophetically tonight that God is releasing and unlocking the gift. Now, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 are tools not toys guys these are not toys these gifts are not for show these are not for creating a following these are not for something you profit off of these are not some fancy gadgets that you use to show off or these are not something you use to reign superior over people or to put on a show for people the gifts of the spirit are tools that god has given us to be able to further his body i've known people living in blatant sin that are flowing in the gifts of the spirit and have blatant abuse the gifts and abuse people with the gifts so we need some people that would rise up right now that would not only have the gifts of the Holy Spirit but also the fruits of the Holy Spirit we will do a future broadcast of all the fruits but guys I long for a day where people were just has just as strong character as they had gifting. I want to live my life with not only having the powerful gifts, because Paul said to earnestly desire them, but I want to also have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to also walk in peace and joy and righteousness and integrity and long-suffering, and I want to be kind. I don't want to be this man of God that has all these gifts, but doesn't know how to talk to the waiter after service. I don't want to be this man of God that has all the gifts, but doesn't know how to to treat his wife that verbally abuses or emotionally abuses his wife I want to be a man of God that's strong in the spirit 
that has strong giftings, but then also people say, man, he has also the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's also kind to people. He's also patient with people. He's also loving and long-suffering. So we need to have the fruits and the gifts because understand this, and this is going to help y'all. I'm preaching strong tonight. God will always put a higher value on character than he does on gifts. And I know this because in Matthew 7, 23, it says on judgment day, this is Jesus saying, many will say, Lord, 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 we pray prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We perform miracles in your name. So now we have a group of people that are prophesying, that are casting out demons, and that are doing miracles. And the Lord replies, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's law. So notice that Jesus is saying, I'm not interested in your gifts. Are you gifted? Oh yeah, you can prophesy to everything breathing in the room. You can drive every demon out of the room and you can do miracles, legitimate miracles. He didn't say they were illegitimate. He said, these are legitimate miracles. The problem was you had no intimacy and you didn't live with a standard. You never really lived in holiness. You kind of just did what you wanted, watch what you wanted, went where you want, listened to what you want, talked how you wanted, and you never came out from among them. There was never a separation, guys, and I'm passionate about this. Some of you tonight, God is saying, get off the fence. The devil owns the fence. This living halfway in, come on, share this. And this halfway out, God says, enough is enough. You can do all these things in my name, but never actually know that know me because you never separated yourself. You're still functioning in the power and the gifts, but because there's no relationship the conviction has left you. And I'm telling you guys, I'm, I have chills right now and I feel the fear of the Lord because many of you in this broadcast, you've lost the conviction of God. You have no conviction. You can watch and talk and laugh and joke and make all the stuff and do all the stuff the world does, but where is that piercing conviction? Where's that woundedness where you cry after you sin, where you turn and you hate your sin? You say, yeah, I fell, but I'm getting up and I hate the sin. We need the conviction of the Holy Spirit back. We need this separation. I believe there's somebody in this place that says, Lord, separate me. I want to know you. I want to live for you. I want to walk holy. Put a holy fire on the inside of me. Put a holy conviction on the inside of me. Put a hunger. Put an addiction. Put an insatiable, unquenchable hunger for prayer. When's the last time we were addicted to the place of prayer? When's the last time we were fiending for the word of God? When's the last time we couldn't wait to get in the secret place? Guys, we've made such a watered down weak gospel in America, but Jesus didn't die so that we can live with all the giftings and not the fruit. He is looking for people that would walk in intimacy and would walk in righteousness. He said, I don't know you. You have no intimacy and you break my laws. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my word, obey my commandments. Everyone's like, oh, God loves me. God loves me. But God's like, yes, we already know that. Get over that. If you love me back, Live like my son, walk on the earth like Christ. Well, Isaiah, that's impossible. Absolutely, it's impossible. Jesus didn't die because it was possible for you to live like him. He died because he knew that without him dying on the cross, empowering you with his spirit, you never live the godly life. It is only by grace. Paul says, I am by grace what I am. It's only by grace. Paul said, you wanna know my secret to being powerful in God? It's the grace of God, this undeserving, uneducated, unqualified. I had nothing to offer him, but the grace of God says, even while you are separated from me, I sent my son and I'm giving you now power so that you can use the gifts, but not abuse the gifts. The Holy Spirit's gifts, they don't belong to you. They're not for your own little church growth agenda, looking cool, putting out some TikTok video, going viral with your prophetic word or even deliverance. It's so people can get free. Guys, we're not doing deliverance so we can get clicks in a viral video. We're doing it to set people free. And here's the truth. Some of the most powerful deliverances I've ever done that I have videos of, I haven't posted because I don't feel the Lord releasing me to post them because it's all about his glory and whatever we do, it needs to bring glory to God. I do not want the gifts of the spirit without the Holy Spirit. I want God, that's what I want, I want God. I don't wanna know how to cast out a demon in his name, but not know the person whose name I'm using. I don't wanna do miracles in the name of God, 
but I don't know him personally. So guys, if we're going to prophesy, I promise you, if you try to prophesy without relationship, you are going to abuse the gift. I'm telling you right now, if you try to prophesy without walking in integrity, you're going to abuse the gift. He said, you perform many miracles in my name, but you don't know me. The danger is getting sucked into the machine of ministry, getting sucked into the vacuum of ministry. This is the danger of getting wrapped up in religion, the danger of getting too busy for the king that you forget to spend time with the king. God is looking for people that would know him, that would spend time with him, and that would glorify him. So don't get caught up in the ministry trap. Guys, I am in full-time 24-7 ministry, but I don't want to get so caught up doing the ministry that I'm like, wait a minute. I don't even know the guy that I'm doing the ministry for. I want personal relationship. You may survive. Now listen to me closely tonight because I'm just preaching strong here. You may survive for six months to a year without having intimate relationship. But friend, listen to me very closely. I'm telling you that if you don't, and, and he, feel the fear of the Lord as I say this, if you don't get to know him for yourself and not just live through a man of God, Isaiah Saldivar, or your parents, or your cousin, or your uncle, you're not going to survive the coming storm. You're not going to survive the next 50 years that God has for you. I don't want this. And listen to me, all of you young people watching. I don't want this to be a fad. I don't want this to be a summer fling or vacation. This is not a season of my life. I am going to burn forever. I'm burning hotter right now than 10 years ago when I got saved. And I believe God wants that for every single one of you. Abuse begins to happen. Remember, abuse is misuse. Begins to happen when we lose relationship of the one who gave us the gift in the first place. Tonight, much of what we focus on will not be the office of the prophet. Why would I make a video where I'm going to spend an hour talking about the office of the prophet when maybe five of you are in the office of the prophet? So rather, we're going to talk about simple prophecy. And this is what I spoke about last week. If you're just coming in here, the majority of us are living in the call of prophecy, simple prophecy. And that means edification, exhortation, and comfort. That is New Testament, simple prophecy. Again, we are not talking because I'm going to share these abuses and you're going to say, well, what about this prophet in the Bible? We are not talking about the prophet at Jeremiah or Isaiah or the office of the prophet in a church. We are talking about the average believer living in simple prophecy, which is New Testament, which is exhortation, edification, and comfort. So these are abuses that simple people in simple prophecy make, not those walking in the office. Because again, the majority of us will never be in the office of a prophet. So we're going to jump into these. I want you to take notes on these. I'm going to run through these and then we're going to take communion at the end, but we're going to be very, very practical. My goal tonight is how could I make this not so complicated and so mystical and so spiritual that you guys are like, that was a great word, but that doesn't help me at all in my everyday life of prophesying. Because remember, we're training you to prophesy in your everyday life, to prophesy over your friends at school, to prophesy over people at work, to prophesy over people in your church. If you're a children's pastor, a youth pastor, if you're a senior pastor, if you're a leader, wherever you're watching from or wherever you're at in ministry, God is wanting you to prophesy, to speak his word. So let's get some pitfalls, talk about some abuses, and I want you to remember the word abuse and the word misuse can be used interchangeably. So abuse number one, write these down and hopefully, I always say, but I forget to do it, hopefully I'll remember. I'm gonna put these in the video description after the video, but abuse number one, the most common abuse in prophetic, simple prophetic ministry is giving direction to people. And this guys is gonna help you by far the biggest misuse when giving New Testament simple prophecy is when, remember, you're not in the office of the prophet, you're giving New Testament prophecy, is giving direction to people. It's number one abuse. Simple prophecy, according to New Testament, is to bring encouragement, exhortation, and comfort, and not to speak new direction over someone's life. Remember, when you're prophesying or speaking on God's behalf, people are hanging on to every word you say. They're basing their major life decisions on the words that you're speaking over them. So we need to be careful. Let me give you some examples of speaking direction and abusing people with direction. Is this. Things like choosing a spouse. Come on, help me in the comments. Someone said Isaiah has acid reflux. No, I don't. Okay. Choosing a spouse, moving to a new city. Come on, help me type one if this is good. Having a baby, investing money, changing jobs, changing churches, choosing which college to go to, and so on and so forth. So these are all things as simple prophecy 
You should not be speaking over people's lives. Now, listen, we can give godly counsel to one another in areas of our life. However, I am strongly against you giving it under the banner of prophecy. It's one thing to counsel someone and say, I feel like maybe you should do this or maybe we should pray about this. It's another thing to say, hey, the Lord gave me a word for you and the Lord says you're going to marry this guy. Or how about this one? The Lord says you're going to have a baby next year in May. Or the Lord says you need to invest $100 in GameStop stocks or you need to invest $1,000 in some Bitcoin, okay? Praise the Lord for all the investing. I'm into it, guys. I'm a nerd. I love it. But when we, we're giving people words that are directing their future and people ignorantly and innocently take these words, redirect their life when it's not the Holy Spirit telling you to give the word. Now, I'm going to show you later on how sometimes this is innocent, but as prophetic people, and we're raising up a prophetic people, we need to make sure we're not giving people directive words if we're not walking in prophetic ministry, which is level three we talked about last week, or we're not in the offer office of the prophet. Many times people will prophesy things to benefit themselves. I've had people go to prophetic conferences, come back all confused, thinking maybe I married the wrong person because the prophet said so, or maybe I moved to the wrong place because a prophet told me I need to move to Texas when I just moved to Washington, or maybe I need to leave my church because some person came to me and said, the Lord said your church is dead. Go find a new church. Friend, that is not the way the Lord works. That's not the way the Lord speaks. It's not New Testament. It's not scriptural. It's not simple prophecy what paul talked about in first corinthians simple prophecy is the comforting the exhorting now exhortation means to encourage someone to do something so when we're prophesying we're not trying to redirect their entire life now again if i'm in a church flowing in the office of the prophet or flowing in prophetic ministry i might give a word of direction under that anointing under that authority of the church but we're not talking about me flowing in the office of the prophet or in the prophetic ministry we're talking about everyday people giving prophetic words to everybody. And here's the thing I have to teach this because as we share about prophecy, many of you are getting the gift unlocked in your life and you're getting words from God and you don't know how to give them and you're confused and you're just prophesying over everybody. And I'm trying to help you with some safeguards and being very careful when you're prophesying direction over people. Let me give you some true stories. I now I've had, I have too many to say, but I've literally had people when I first got saved coming to me saying, God told me that you're going to marry my daughter. And I'm like, well, God must have forgot to tell me. I mean, literally, I've had people tell me this. I had a dream that you were marrying my daughter, or I had a dream that you were uh, pastoring at my church, or God told me to tell you, you need to move to this ministry. Or how about this one? God told me to tell you, you need to call this pastor, or God told me to tell you. And it's God said, God said, God said. And these are people giving directive words with no scriptural backing. Or God told me to tell you, you are going to be moving in one year. I'm like, wow, really, really, God did not tell me to do that. Or God told me to tell you, you are having a baby. Friend, I can't count how many people told me my first kid oh god says it's gonna be a boy i had about i don't know how many like 50 prophets telling me that and when it was a girl i didn't get one text i didn't get one call from not one of those prophets and by the way i have four girls haven't had a boy yet so everybody giving me these words and these are directive words that oftentimes listen to me closely do not come from the holy spirit but come from overzealous people again if you've done this you don't have to be all condemned just know if you're not walking in the office of the prophet New Testament, you don't have biblical backing to go around telling people who they're going to marry, where they need to invest their money, what college people need to go, or where they need to be. You need to look at the context of what Paul was talking about. And last, like I said, last video, when you get a prophetic word of direction, okay, maybe it's a genuine word, maybe a man of God, a genuine man of God gives you a prophetic word of direction that's flowing in the office, you still should ask the Lord to confirm it. Do not step out because of a random person prophesying over you. Do not step out because you got a prophetic word. Make sure that you test the word and make sure that you ask God to confirm the word because the confirmation will come in two witnesses. And for all of us here tonight that are starting to walk in the gift of common prophecy, we need to be careful that we don't get overzealous and speak on behalf of God when God is not even speaking. You might be talking to a friend that lives out of state and you really want to do ministry with them and you're like, I really feel the Lord saying you need to move here. When it's not really the Lord, it's just you want them to move here. So people, guys, I won't go into all these stories, but I'm telling you people have been abused time and time again with directive prophecies that did not come from God. Now listen very closely. Now you might be in the broadcast saying, well, what if God shows me someone's future? Listen, I'm glad you asked. Just because God shows you someone's future does not mean God is telling you to speak it over them or to tell them. I've had so many times where God will show me someone's future or a future event and God will say, do not tell them, 
just pray for them. Do not share with them. Do not prophesy over them. Just pray with them. So oftentimes, God will tell us the future of someone's life so that we have prayer directives, not so that we can give them a prophetic word. Or if you're in a prophetic church where there's a prophetic office and a prophetic ministry, you could submit the word to a prophetic leader or the pastor. You don't need to start running your mouth or running around saying, I had a dream or I had a vision, which we're going to go into later, of you having a baby with a guy that you're not married to. And believe me, you might say, no one will ever say that. Guys, you don't know how many times I've dealt with this over and over people putting prophetic witchcraft on people and then people are walking around living out out of the will of God because someone put prophetic witchcraft on them now not everything that God show, shows you is meant to be shared or spoken so be careful speaking direction because I'm telling you many people have been abused by this and I don't want to be responsible listen up closely I don't want to be responsible for someone coming out of the will of God because I misspoke or said something that God was not saying and many people love these words there's prophetic junkies that love directive words, love words of direction because they don't want to make decisions on their own. Is it getting too hot in here or is it just me? They don't want to make decisions on their own so they feel that the prophetic word will give them an easy route or easy direction because here's the bottom line for most of them, they're lazy to seek God on their own. Friend, listen to me. Prophecy was not made so you can get a fortune cookie Panda Express word that spells out your future. The gift is what we talked about last week. It's to encourage, to build up, to speak life into, to remind people of what God has spoken that they forgot about. It is not made to try to give everyone a fortune cookie word where we're telling them in three months, this is what God says in three weeks, that is not the New Testament. Praise the Lord. That's an office, but it's not simple prophecy that Paul describes the church should be functioning in. And 100%, I believe that there's an element of prophecy. There's correction, 100%. There's an element of prophecy that has future telling, 100%. All these things are biblical, but when we're coming to common prophecy or simple prophecy, this is not how we function. Well, where is that in scripture? I would love to show you. 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you can all prophesy one by one. Now, Why? so that you may learn and all get encouraged. So Paul says you're all prophesying one by one, so you all can do it, because 1 Corinthians 14, 31 says this. He says, and here's why you're doing it, so you can all be encouraged. You're not sitting there trying to tell, you know, be mediums, telling everybody's future. You're doing it so that you can all be encouraged. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, he says, but one who prophesies, so this is New Testament, okay, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. There's nowhere in common prophecy right here in New Testament where Paul says, so you can tell them their future, tell them when they're going to have a baby, tell them who they're going to marry, tell them what stock to invest in or to correct them in front of the church. That's not what Paul says. Paul says, if you're talking common prophecy, not the office, again, not the office, Paul says, you're strengthening, you're encouraging, and you're comforting. So a good, a good rule of thumb, let me give you a good rule of thumb, write this down when getting into prophecy as a beginner, which we all are, praise the Lord, is staying away, okay? from prophesying about money, babies, or marriages. Can I get a one in the chat? This is good. Baby, money, or marriages. Don't prophesy about that if you're a new person in the prophetic and you're in level one, you're a common, simple prophecy because that's not what the Bible says we should be doing. Paul says we should be encouraging, we should be exhorting, and we should be comforting and we should be strengthening. We should not be telling people who God's called them to marry. Some of y'all literally think that you've been anointed to be Cupid in your church. I mean, you think that God has called you to be some Holy Ghost Cupid that tries to get everyone in love and everyone connected through your prophetic ministry. Others going around thinking that God's called them to be prophetic Dave Ramsey and tell everyone what they should be doing with their money. The Lord says, you need to sow into this ministry. I'm like, well, that's weird because he didn't tell me that. The Lord says, you need to go get with this person. It's like, the Lord didn't tell me that. I, I know people that are engaged and listen to how abusive this is, okay? Tonight we're talking about abuse that are engaged to somebody. And I've heard pastors tell them the Lord's telling you to break off your engagement because there's a man of God in our church that God's calling you to marry they don't even know the guy not only do they not know the guy but they don't even the guy that that they're engaged to 
doesn't even know that any, anything has no has no way to defend himself because he's not even never even been to church it's like it's her first time at church and you're going to prophesy over her telling her break off your engagement there's a man of god to marry this is what's happening in the church and i know this because when i posted the flyer there's tons of you that said i had this experience and i my goal tonight i gotta be i have to give you so many disclaimers tonight is not to create a bunch of people that are like i've been abused and i'm hurt and a bunch of people that are hurt against the prophetic because i love the prophetic i've given my life to prophetic ministry i preach prophetically i share prophetically but i also don't want to create people that are unhealthy that always the word this god says this god says this when they don't even know god so that's why i'm telling you be very very careful very very careful with what you're saying to people so don't go around thinking you're a prophetic dave ramsey or you're a prophetic cupid Will God bless you for sowing your money? Absolutely. Does God want to bring you someone that you're going to get married to, a helpmate? Absolutely. But he's not going to do it by having, or, or let me say this, most of the time, he's not going to do it by having some random person come give you a word. Now, how about this? Listen, because I know I'm spanking people tonight and people are all hurt and I'm stepping all over toes and, and I'm bruising people's toes. If you've been doing this, how about you do this? Instead of saying, God, God, God said, God said, God said, why don't you just say, sister, I think that guy would be great for you to marry. Instead of saying, God told me in a dream, just be honest. God didn't tell you. You're just pathetic and not prophetic, and you're trying to play matchmaker. Just be honest. If you want someone to invest in your business, you don't have to say, the Lord told me that you need to sow $1,000 into me. Just say, I can't pay my bills. Would you bless me with $1,000 and I'll pay you back next month? Why are we over-spiritualizing, putting masa and putting sauce on everything and trying to make everything spiritual when it's not even spiritual? Just be honest, you're carnal and you want to have your way and you're using the name of God and you're using God's word to further your agenda. When I first got saved, now let me tell you genuine what a word of direction could do. When I first got saved, I was coming out of a long four-year relationship plus other relationships when we'd break up for a week. So I was not in a healthy place and I was so on fire, so obsessed with God. I'll never forget. I was like, Lord, I'm not getting married. Literally, I was like, I'm never getting married. I just pray too much. I love you too much. I, I could never love another person because I love God too much. And, I, and you guys know, you probably just got saved. You feel the same way. I was like, Lord, I'll never get married. I don't want to get married. So I was at a conference praying, not out loud. I was praying in my head, Lord, I don't want to get married. I'm never going to get married. I'm not going to have a wife. I'm not going to have a family. And of course, my desire was to have a family, but I was just being so overzealous. And I, I, was, I was just so detested the fact of getting married. And a guy came up to me while I'm praying this. I'll never forget this. This is in 2011. I was saved probably like two months. He walks up to me and I still know the guy to this day. And as I'm praying this, saying, I don't want to get married. He walks up to me and says, the Lord says, okay. He walked up to me while I was praying. This was a pastor I know. I trust very well. The Lord says, you will be married. You will have a, an amazing family and he'll bring you a helpmate. Now, this was not a random Joe Schmo Panda Express prophet that was walking in the building. This was a trusted prophetic pastor that I know personally that I trust. So was that a word of direction? Well, yeah, it was, but it was healthy because he was only reinforcing what I was already praying to God. It wasn't like a new thing. It was just him reinforcing, hey, I know you're zealous. I know you're praying this, but God says you will get married. You will have a family. And it brought healthy alignment in my life. It wasn't unhealthy. So that's an example of a healthy prophetic word. But friend, I want to tell you right now, people walking around prophesying this and that over people and random junk that's not coming from God is damaging. And you you can ruin somebody's life by giving a word that's not from God. So there's a big difference. Are you guys seeing the difference here between coming up to someone and saying, God told me that this was going to be your, that I'm going to be your husband. So the guy that you're with needs to know he's dating my future wife. And listen, I know you guys are laughing at this, but this stuff happens all the time in prophetic ministry. I've been to prophetic conference after conference where people walk up and they have notebooks full of prophetic words, but they're not willing to live for God on a daily basis. So why have a thousand words when you don't even live for God? Stop waiting on prophets to give you direction. And if you get one every couple months praise the lord i believe it's i believe it's biblical to give direction if you're in that office in that ministry but i don't believe it's biblical to walk around trying to play god in people's life now i've received a lot of directive prophecies as you can imagine 
in the last 10 years. And I'm not bragging or boasting, but I've had Bob Jones prophesy over me multiple times, multiple. I've had Cindy Jacobs prophesy over me. I've had Bill Hammond. Some of the number one heavy hitter legends in the church have given me prophetic words, directive words. A lot of them were great, but I'll tell you 95% of them were confirmation. Very rarely have I ever had a directive prophetic word of something that God had not already spoke to me. So oftentimes God will bring directive words for confirmation, not for direction. In the New Testament, let me show you why okay because I know some of you are manifesting here and you're mad in the New Testament God wants to have direct connection with you he's not hiding his plan from you he's not hiding his will from you you don't need a prophetic word of direction to help you get connected to God or make life decisions because guess what friend the reason why he died 2,000 years ago on the cross is so you can have direct access and direct connection so I don't need to go through some provider or some medium person to hear from God for me, I can go directly to the source. And so I'm telling you right now, it is not New Testament to have to wait on a man of God to give you a word for you to be able to do something or go to another ministry or be used of God. You have direct access to God now. You're just too lazy to hear from God on your own and get in prayer. So you always need another prophetic word. And you're on those websites buying prophetic words that are generic because you don't want to spend time in the secret place because you're an Instagram microwave Christian. And God says, and I know I'm rebuking you hard. I need to because God says, I want some people that would get alone with me so that I can give direction. And listen, I, I thank God that you're anointed. Okay. Thank God that you're prophetic, but I would rather God speak it to me. If I'm being honest, I would rather God speak direction than you. And if you do praise the Lord, let it confirm what God's spoken, but please just know as you're starting out, do not walk around trying to play God in people's life. I've watched people more times than I can count, get out of the will of God because they got a word from someone that altered the course of their life when it wasn't really God. I've had guest speakers come in and prophesy over my people. And I've told people, don't prophesy over my people like that because you're giving them directive words and I didn't say, I didn't give you permission to. You're going to just walk up in my church and start prophesying everybody and tell them God's calling you to do this and do that when I know those people and what you're saying is opposite and you're just trying to be flashy and have a good word for people. If the pastor hasn't released you, don't do it. When I go into a house, I am not going to give the church a prophetic word if the pastor doesn't release me. So be careful. Also, let me write this down. I hope I, I hope type one of this is good. Help me. Let's break 2000 tonight. Also, be careful giving timelines. Sometimes to spice up the prophetic word, we'll give timelines. I see the Lord in two weeks or in seven months, God says this will happen to you. And people get their hopes up and then they're let down because they don't realize the timeline was just to spice up the word. And listen, if God tells you to have a timeline, praise the Lord, pray about it. But don't just give a timeline if God doesn't give you a timeline just to fabricate a word. And you might be saying, Isaiah Saldivar, how do you know all this so well? Because I've done this before. I've been in situations where I felt pressured to give a word or pressured to give a timeline. And I'm like, oh, in a month. And the Lord, after I walked away, the Lord's like, I didn't say that. You prophesied that out of your own flesh. I never said that was going to happen in a month. And I've had to go back and say, oh, wait, actually, you know, this part of the word wasn't right. It wasn't a month. I misheard God. It was, that was my flesh. That was carnal. I have done this, guys. So please, if you're getting timelines, don't walk around trying to be like some fortune teller in three months, in one month, and everything has to be directive. If you're giving simple prophecy, exhorting, strengthening, building up. Now, I'm not taking away from the power of prophecy. Does God give timelines again? Because I know new people are jumping on here. Absolutely. God will give timelines. I've had timelines in 2020. This is going to happen in 2021. This is what I thought. I've given these words, but I'm functioning in the office of the prophet or in a higher level of prophetic ministry. This is not how I give simple prophecy. I didn't start prophesying and then start getting everyone direction. So again, when you're jumping in new, we're not talking about the office, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. We're not talking about even when Paul would give prophetic words. We're talking about simple prophecy. So abuse number one is giving people direction. Okay, how are we 40 minutes and we're on number two? Is this good? Can I give have five more Pentecostal minutes or about 20 Pentecostal minutes? Number two. I know. Okay. If you're like, oh man, you're hurting me. You're, you're, you're convicting me. It's going to get worse. It's going to get hotter. So just buckle up. Number two abuse is bringing correction to people. This is the second way we abuse people in simple prophecy. Simple prophecy is meant to, and I'm going to keep saying this for all you that are jumping in here, encourage, comfort, and edify not to give again, direction, 
or correction to people or to be over confrontational because you think you're always right and this is prophetic syndrome 101 the moment someone starts getting into prophetic ministry or flowing in the prophetic i've seen this guys for 10 years is they think that they're always right they want to fight everybody they want to be confrontational i've gotten caught in this trap you need to pick your battles wisely because you're going to find yourself not having any energy be burned out because you are fighting battles God did not call you to fight. So when you're getting prophetic, don't think you need to call everybody out. Calling someone out publicly for the sin or correcting them publicly for their sin and is and as w- someone walking in simple prophecy is not only damaging, embarrassing, but not scriptural. It is not scriptural for you to walk out the 1 Corinthians 12 basic gift of prophecy and be walking around calling out everybody's sin now just because and this is why this happens we abuse people just because we see their sin doesn't mean we need to call out their sin just because god is showing you it maybe god's showing you to pray for that person now oh isaiah i don't believe you okay let's look at what jesus said in matthew 18 15 and this is titled in your bible jesus or dealing with sin in the church that's what the title of this verse is if your brother or sister sins go and point out their fault okay so wait didn't you just say not to do that but watch what he says here just between the two of you if they listen to you you've won them over so are we supposed to be walking around calling them out publicly no are we supposed to be walking around shaming people no are we supposed to be walking around saying you're wrong and i'm the man of god and god is anointing me i have a prophetic gift because i watch isaiah's broadcast no god is saying if i showed you it doesn't mean you need to say and that's where prophetic maturity and prophetic distraction comes in so let me give you an example since i'm glad you asked i had a meeting and it was about 50 of us in our meeting and i as the pastor i'm the leader i can do what i need to do because i have the authority but i'm in a meeting there's 50 of us and the lord tells me immediately there's a guy in the room and I, god told me who he was that's struggling hardcore with pornography mind you the guy's helping us do deliverance he's traveling with us he's laying hands on people and god says he's in my leadership and god says he's struggling with pornography i want you publicly listen to me everybody closely publicly let everybody in the room know that there's somebody in there struggling that you know who they are but you're not going to call them out publicly you want to talk to them on in in private and you want to pray with them so they can be healed so they they can be delivered but do not publicly call them out or embarrass them now i was the leader walking in that prophetic office but i didn't call them out public i said listen there's somebody here those 50 people i said you're struggling with pornography god wants to heal you deliver you cannot continue to be in leadership struggling like this that how your level you're struggling and so i want to talk to you after and i said this and if you don't come up to me after i will come up to you praise the lord now not only did that strike fear in people which oftentimes paul says prophecy will do but i was able to call it out without shaming the person immediately after the meeting they came up to me said thank god that god called me out thank god you had that word i've been i've been hiding it i've been broken and i'm so glad that you did this so i was able to bring godly correction pray with them and speak life into them so that they can be healed and delivered without embarrassing them oftentimes when people start flowing in the gift of prophecy they think they know everything and god is speaking through them and they can do whatever they want and say whatever they want and they could just correct everybody it's out of line it's not biblical if you're not the head of a ministry write this down or pastor you should not be walking Walking around trying to correct everyone I told people in my ministry before do not correct other people in the ministry it's not your role it's not your job if you have ought with somebody you can go to them one-on-one but do not try to give them prophetic correction and give them a thus it the Lord it's not healthy so when walking in simple prophecy correction is not your role and honestly it does not take a prophetic gift to call people out We need to be careful that we don't walk into the pathetic anointing thinking we're walking in the prophetic anointing. Some people have a pathetic anointing and they think they're prophets and they're not. They're just pathetic. And they think calling everybody, calling everyone a Jezebel. Friend, calling everyone a Jezebel is not prophetic. It's pathetic. Come on. Can I get some help in the chat? Like these guys on YouTube where they're always calling people out. Friend, there's no scriptural ministry in the New Testament where all you do is call people out. And if you guys keep sending me these videos of these ministries that keep calling everyone out, I'm going to keep deleting your messages and not watching them because I will not listen to a ministry where they only make videos slandering and calling other ministries out because Jesus said, if you have aught with somebody, 
go to them directly. You don't post a YouTube video about them. You don't post an exposed video about them. They are going against the word of God by thinking that there's some anointed, pathetic, I mean, prophetic minister that wants to call everybody out. It's not scriptural. It's not ministry. It's not New Testament. Oftentimes people use the prophetic anointing they'll call people oh they have a jezebel they're rebellious they're this and every time they're calling people out remember they're always pointing out the speck in everybody else's eye but they fail to remember there's a plank in their eye so if you're going to judge someone the bible says make sure that there's no plank in your eye before you judge the speck in their eye so who am i to get on here and try to correct you guys and say don't watch this don't do this when i'm doing everything i'm telling you not to do god says pull out the plank before you remove the speck so be careful when you're in prophetic ministry that you're not walking around thinking that you're everybody's corrector and that you're the man of God you have all the answers oftentimes people are using the anointing abusing the anointing and misusing and using it as a toy and not a tool so instead of saying so-and-so has a Jezebel spirit try doing this confront them privately pray for them because what benefit is it to call them out publicly and tell them they have a Jezebel spirit and run them out of the church another danger is when you call people out publicly that are struggling with a certain sin and in reality they're not even struggling i have watched pastors and preachers in conferences i've been in over a thousand conferences and they will literally go call someone out publicly say man of god they'll say stand up and those and i i pray for people like this they'll say stand up i know you're struggling with pornography i know you've been rebellious and they'll literally call out their sin in front of a thousand people mind you i've had talks with some of these people that are not struggling that have no clue what the prophet's talking about but remember because the prophet spoke it now everyone in the church thinks that so all you're doing is humility humiliating and bringing shame and embarrassment so don't get up in there trying to bring out everybody's sin is there a time where god will call you to call people sin out yes if you're in the prophetic office or high level prophetic god might call you to do that but simple prophecy that is not your role remember this is all applying to simple prophecy this is not your role correction in the prophetic absolutely if you're in the office but not if you're in simple prophecy others people will say this they'll say well i have to get this word have you guys ever had someone come up to you i have a word a man of god i have to give you this word i have to give you this word no you don't you don't have to give me the word stop acting like you're not in control of your body first corinthians 14 32 it says remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns so stop walking up to the pastor saying pastor i need to release this word it's burning in me it's going to speak out of me i can't control it paul says you're out of order and you're wrong and i'm going to have to smack you over the head with the bible because paul says if you have the spirit of prophecy you're in control so don't get up on stage when the pastor didn't give you permission trying to tell everyone oh i have to give out this word if i don't give it out i'm going to die and it's the holy spirit's just speaking right out of me no god says you are in control you can control your spirit you can take turns you can stay in order and you can not overstep your boundaries or leadership and do not walk around trying to give everyone direction you're out of line that's what you are you're not prophetic you're out of line and you're in control of your own spirit do not blame the holy spirit for your lack of self-control when prophesying or don't say i really don't want to say this but i have to say it because the holy spirit's making me say it no, he's not making you say it. You're making you say it because you want to say something corrective and use the banner of the Holy Spirit and you're damaging people in the church. And guess what? And I know all the pastors watching are going to appreciate this. You're causing chaos in the church. And then we have to meet with those people that you've abused and try to say, well, you know, they're still learning and they're still new. Instead, take what I'm teaching you tonight. Let it guide you and direct you so that you can level up in the prophetic. And will there be a day where you're in the office where you're correcting people and your future telling and you're doing that high level possibly but as of now leave it to encouraging exhorting empowering reminding and speaking god's word over people okay this is good stuff i know we're going way longer than expected number three share this broadcast number three abuse over reliance on prophetic dreams oh we're going there some of y'all some of y'all love me until i said this over reliance on prophetic dreams this is a huge mistake when getting into the gift of prophecy is solely relying on dreams many people will dictate their entire life off of dreams and although god of course speaks in dreams i've done over three hours teaching on dreams we have several live streams all about dreams and dream interpretation you should not base the direction of your life off of dreams that you get 
or dreams other people give you. I've heard time and time again, people saying, I had this dream about you. And they tried giving me a dream or a prophetic word of direction in a dream that was not God. They're like, God showed me in a dream. Just because God showed you in a dream doesn't mean that it was God or doesn't mean you should tell me or doesn't mean that I need to do what you said I need to do. So if you, if you, if we build communities that rely more on dreams and visions than God's word and the place of prayer, not only that, I don't want you giving me any dreams when you spend more time receiving dreams than you do seeking God in, in while you're awake. Some of you, you don't pray at all, all day. You don't fast at all, all day long. And then all of a sudden you go to bed and you're the most prophetic person that ever existed. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're hearing him at night, but I also want some people that will hear him in the daytime. So if you're making major life decisions based off dreams someone had about you, just be very careful because people have used this to abuse others. Again, I am 100% in support of dreams. I believe in dreams. I see the scriptures. I love it. I preach it. I don't ever want to talk you out of having dreams, but be careful when people are giving you an over-relying and relying. Come on, help me in the chat. Don't get scared relying more on dreams than relying on Jesus, relying on the Holy Spirit, relying on the Father. Dreams are not made, write this down, to be a substitute for you praying and reading or seeking the Lord for direction. If you're talking to someone and it's always dream this, dream that, dream this, dream that, and they're more into dreams than they are even real life or even what God is doing or even the word of God, then that should be a red flag for you. I have friends that have like 30 dreams per night and I'm like, Nobody hears God that much. I mean, praise the Lord. I believe that's awesome. But it's like every day there's this elaborate directive dream. And if I'm honest, a lot of them don't always come true. And a lot of them aren't even of God. So we need to be careful when we're giving out dreams, especially when we're in the church, unvalidated, unauthorized from the pastor, and you're giving everyone a prophetic dreams. Of course, are prophetic dreams amazing? Yes, but don't rely on them only and not rely on the Holy Spirit because you'll end up in dangerous territory, especially because people in the prophetic oftentimes have a hard time telling whether a dream was for their own spirit, from the Holy Spirit, or from a demon spirit. So it's possible you get a, a dream from an unholy spirit because you're dabbling around in things you shouldn't be with, and then you're following what the enemy has planned. So you need to be very, very careful. Ecclesiastes 5 verses 3 and 7 says, for a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words for in the multitudes of dreams and many words there is vanity but fear God in other words we must use caution when receiving all these words that claim to be directive prophecies from dreams we do not want to become spiritually superstitious and only follow dreams and visions without consulting with the Lord. Also, when you're having people interpret your dreams, do not bank your life on their interpretation. Ask God to confirm. Ask God to get another person to pray about it. Consult a leader or a pastor. I love dreams and I love visions and I want to hear God more but I want to hear God more when I'm awake than I'm sleeping. And I don't want to live my entire life basing everything I do on dreams. Now, it was common for false prophets to give words based on what they saw or heard in their dreams. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can a man hide himself in hiding so I don't see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy falsely in my name, saying... I had a dream. I had a dream. So what is God saying? God is speaking prophetically here saying, I already know there's a bunch of false prophets that are walking around saying, I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream. And they're using my name and using my power falsely. So we have an obligation and a responsibility to give true valid reports when we're giving the word of the Lord. We cannot just prevent prophetic, uh, present prophetic words to people that seem cool or seem more elaborate or more mystical. And sadly, here's the sad reality. A lot of people on YouTube, on social media, they know that prophetic dreams get a lot of views and a lot of clicks, and they have all these prophetic dreams that are not really of God. They kind of fabricate them up. They spice them up with timelines and things they didn't see so that they can get views and clicks, and they honestly come under a deceptive spirit, not all of them, but some of them, and they convince themselves that God is speaking when God is not speaking. So we need to be careful, very careful, that when we're always having dreams, that we're not just walking around being led by our dreams. So number three is an over-reliance on dreams. Dreams are not wrong. It's an over-reliance. Okay, number four. We're going to go quick here, and we're going to get into communion. Number four, share this broadcast. 
is needing a word for everything. That's number four, abuse or misuse is number four, needing a word for everything. This is very common. People trivialize prophetic ministry and they won't do anything without a prophetic word. Some people literally need a prophetic word for everything. Like, I don't know what shoes to wear. I need a word from God. God, tell me what shoes to wear. Or God, tell me where I have to park. I can't park until the Lord tells me. I can't do anything until the Lord tells me. What toothpaste am I gonna use today? Praise the Lord if you have that closeness, but don't live your life uh, trivializing the prophetic ministry and say, God, I need a word for every single thing. And some people literally everything need a prophetic word. And sometimes, let me just say this, you don't need a prophetic word, you need common sense. We have all met people where everything they do or say is out of line, but they always say, well, God told me to say this and God told me to eat this and God told me to go there and God told me not to talk to this person. God told me that you're wrong. And everything is God told me, God told me, God told me, God told me, and God is like, just use common sense. Like, I'm not even saying to do that or not do that. Just use your common sense. If there's a good parking, you don't have to park in the very back because God told you he wanted you to walk extra long. And and if, listen, again, if this is the way God speaks to you, I'm glad you have that closeness, but just be careful that we don't trivialize prophetic ministry and wait to have a prophetic word for everything because what's going to happen is you're going to live undecisive and you're never going to produce fruit because you're always going to be waiting for the Lord to speak a specific word. Friend, if you need a word to pray for someone, you're missing the mark. You do not need a prophetic word to do something that the Bible commands us to do. Sometimes we relinquish our ability to make decisions because we're always waiting on God. When God says, I'm waiting on you, the Holy Spirit is the helper, not the doer. We don't need a prophetic word to pray for the sick. We don't need a prophetic word to cast out demons. We don't need a prophetic word to preach the gospel. We don't need a prophetic word to fast because the Bible says to do it and that's all you need. So are there times where the Holy Spirit, now listen to me closely because I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this healthy guys. Is there times where the Holy Spirit will say, get on this freeway instead of that freeway because there's an accident you didn't know about. Absolutely. Is there a time where the Holy Spirit will say, call this person or do this? Absolutely. But don't live your entire life avoiding using wisdom or common sense because you're more prophetic than everybody. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Don't be impulsive or unstable because you're prophetic. You can walk in the power of God, write this down. You can walk in the power and the presence of God and not be weird all the time. You can walk in the power of presence of God without freaking out your family. So we need to have a healthy balance in the prophetic and understand that we don't need a word for everything. Okay. And this is going way longer than expected. Abuse, but I don't want to break this into two parts. Abuse number five, it's Friday night, come on. Abuse number five is prophetic manipulation. Okay, prophetic manipulation. This is a big one. People will often use prophetic words, prophetic flattery, or they'll add a word to manipulate people to do things that they want to do or to give money or to change in church leadership. I've seen prophets come into the most dead churches and give words of encouragement and flattery only knowing they're saying these things to manipulate the pastor or to gain favor with the pastor when in reality god is not saying that they'll come in and say god says there's revival happening it's the deadest church in america and you're just saying that to gain favor or to flatter the pastor so be careful when you're prophetically manipulating prophetic manipulation is very common it means you're trying to benefit off of people using the gift of prophecy you're using it to your own gain and your own benefit and it is completely 100% demonic it is not of God and it is not supported by the Holy Spirit so we need to make sure that we don't prophesy to gain favor with men be careful when you have people in your church prophesying in private all the time when you see people always pulling people in private to give them a word it's often because they know how foolish or unbiblical the word is and they don't want any pastors or leaders around to judge the word They'll go and prophesy out of their own desires to motivate people to connect with them, to follow them, or they'll exaggerate to meet people's desires because they know what people want to hear. So they'll exaggerate the word. And so we need to be careful because some pastors and leaders are dying to hear how big their ministry is going to be, how unique their ministry is, how powerful their ministry is. So we'll come in as prophets and speak this and this and this, and it's just flattery. It's not what God is saying. And it's in scripture, guys. James 3, um, James 3, 14 says, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, 
and demonic. This is what James says. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So what James is saying, if you're prophesying out of evil intention, self-seeking, you're prophesying, trying to gain something with somebody, you're doing it with wrong intentions. Pastors will sometimes use prophecy to get people to do things that they know the person would otherwise not do. So now if you get a prophetic word, and you're doing something that violates what scripture says, it's not God. So if you ever get a word, I don't care what pastor, what leader, if it's the biggest man of God you ever met or the most famous person, or it's Isaiah Saldivar, if I've ever, if I ever give you a word, which I won't, that tells you to do something that violates God's word, you could already take it to the bank. It's not God. It's a wrong prophetic word. I've had people tell me that the pastor gave them a word to divorce their husband when there's no grounds for divorce. That does not line up with the word of God. We need to be careful that we don't manipulate people or don't be manipulated when prophesying. But sometimes the words you get will line up with God's word, but they will be rooted in manipulation. People will guilt trip you with a prophetic word. Like they'll have you serve in a ministry. You have no passion or no desire to serve in. And a pastor will come and say, well, the Lord showed me that you need to do this. It's not the Lord showing him. It's that there's no one that wants to volunteer. So he's coming to you trying to say the Lord said it. And it's called prophetic manipulation and prophetic abuse. Do not let anyone back you into a corner or tie your hands saying God said to do this or God said to do that. At the end of the day, they may be your pastor, but they're not your master. Write this down. They may be your pastor, but they're not your master. God is ultimately the one to be accountable for it. And I know there's a lot of pastors watching. We need to be very careful that we don't accidentally, some of you are not doing it on purpose, manipulate people with the gift of prophecy. Do, don't be rebellious, but also don't give in to manipulation. And this can be much more abusive when we get into sexual things, which I won't get into because I know there's a lot of kids, young kids watching, but I'll just know People are abused all the time, sexually in the church, by pastors or leaders that say, this is God wanting you to do this. In fact, this major last man of God that fell because of sexual abuse or because he was abusing people sexually was telling people, this is God's reward to me. Being able to be with you and do things with you is God's reward to me. This is demonic, friend. This is 100% wrong. It's it's prophetic abuse and it's using your power unjustly and jeremiah 23 9 talks about false prophets that use the power of god and their authority unjustly so as pastors and leaders we do have a level of authority and we need to be careful that we do not abuse we do not abuse the authority that god has given us that's why every word i speak to you guys i'm very very careful about it because i don't ever want to abuse the position god has given me okay two more and we're done abuse number six are you guys ready for this always prophesying in private i would encourage you be very cautious when someone always wants to prophesy over you in private and someone if someone insists they can only give you a word in private this should immediately be a red flag usually when someone wants to give you a word in the back room it's because they don't want other people to judge their word because they're prophesying false remember we are children of the light and we walk in the light we don't walk in darkness so we shouldn't mind prophesying over people in in the light or around other people so we can be fully accountable for what we say i think if you're getting a prophetic word you should have a witness you should have somebody there listening because yeah someone's in the chat the spirit of jezebel will isolate people will connect with people one-on-one -on -one, and will split churches because they're always prophesying in private i have people come up to me and i'll have my spiritual covering my pastor with me and they'll say oh i have a prophetic word for you but i want to give it to you in private no if you have a word for me you can give it right here by my pastor and you can give it right here at the altar with other people i am not going in private you don't need to tell me in the dark god is a, a god that does things in the light we don't need to be secretive in prophetic words and remember prophecy can be a very spiritual thing so we need to be careful when prophesying over the opposite sex because there's definitely a spiritual connection that happens when you're speaking over someone's life so you need to use discretion when you're prophesying over people if i'm going to prophesy over someone number one i'm not going to do it in private number two i like to try to have a female with me if i'm ministering to a female one-on-one -on -one. i want to have another female or accountability or my wife or someone with me because again we need to be careful because weird stuff can happen when you start flowing in the spiritual realm and people are getting connected or attached to you because of the anointing of god so if you're a married let me just say this you should not be in a room alone with the opposite sex 
receiving a prophetic word. Paul did not say sustain from evil. He said sustain from the appearances of evil. So I don't know what some of you married women are doing sliding in the DMs of some of these young guys in the stream, or I don't know what some of you young guys are doing sliding in with prophetic words into some ladies in here that are married, their DMs going, God, show me this sister about you. Can you call me? And you're up at midnight. This is happening right now in our community. And you're up at midnight when your husband's at work and you're just ministering to the young brother that needs help. No, you don't need to minister to him. Connect him with another guy that's 19 that can minister to him. You don't need to be sliding up with your prophetic word trying to slide into people's DMs. Guys, this is not God. It's not scriptural. You need to guard your marriage. Guard your marriage. Don't be giving out your number. Don't be telling people that they can call you. If they want to call you, make sure that your husband's there. Make sure you're on speakerphone. Me and my wife, we recently called um, a lady who's very high profile in the in the YouTube world and Hollywood world and all that. And I said, I'm going to call you as soon as I get home with my wife. So me and my wife called her on speakerphone and we talked to her for almost, I don't know, it was like an hour, an hour and a half because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm on prophesying or ministering or on a phone call with the opposite sex when I'm married. Guys, you need to be careful. Even if you're single, you need to be very, very careful because weird stuff happens. People get connected spiritually when you prophesy and you don't want to be a home wrecker trying to do God's will and using the prophetic anointing to wreck homes. You don't want to do that. So you need to be careful when people are pulling you aside. Oftentimes these prophets that are back backdoor prophets or closet prophets they always want to pull you aside when the pastor's not around they're prophesying out of their own imaginations jeremiah 23 16 the thus says the lord of hosts this is in your bible do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you this is what the lord says you go don't listen to them they are leading you into futility and they speak visions out of their own imaginations not from the mouth of the lord so is it possible to prophesy out of your imagination yes and god is saying they're speaking words that are not coming from me and you need to be careful that they're not you're not letting people prophesy out of their own imagination okay last one we're gonna take we're gonna do this last one we're gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion okay type one if y'all ready for communion make sure you have your stuff together last one are you guys ready number seven abuse here we go type one of this is good not acknowledging missed prophetic words this is a major abuse and i know some of you won't agree please don't click off if you don't agree with me but this is a major one not acknowledging missed words number seven abuse we must all okay every one of us be accountable for the prophetic words that we speak and if they end up not being true we need to be accountable for missing the words if we're speaking prophetic words especially with timelines or things that are you know specific we need to be responsible and humble ourselves and admit that we were wrong are you going to miss it you may miss it it's possible that you prophesy and miss it because we prophesy in part and we're not perfect, but understand if you're going to be giving words, you need to make sure you're taking responsibility for what you're saying, for what you're doing. People oftentimes will refuse to admit they're wrong and eventually they will lose credibility and the gift will dwindle in them. So make sure you're taking accountability for your words. Sometimes, listen, your words are flat out wrong and I'm gonna tell you why. A lot of times this happens in the prophetic movement because we're stealing prophetic words from other people. We're taking words from other people. We're saying, the Lord showed me this when really the Lord showed someone else and you're stealing the word. And so you're prophesying a wrong word because it's not the word God gave you. Jeremiah 23, 30, 23, 30 talks about this. It says, therefore, behold, I'm against the prophets. So here's God saying, oh, by the way, I'm against the prophets. And here's why. They steal my words from each other. God is saying they're speaking words of prophecy and they're saying, God showed me this. Now it's okay to use other material. I, I've given hundreds of pastors permission, all of you in the chat, to use all my material. You don't have to give me no credit. There's no copyright. The only copyright I have is the right for you to copy me, okay? You can use all my teachings. I don't care if you teach my stuff word for word. I do not care. It's the Holy Spirit anyways. You can use this teaching. I don't care if you preach word for word Sunday morning, get the transcript, preach it word for word. That's okay. It's another thing when God gives me a prophetic word and you get up on your church and say, the Lord showed me this last night and you take my prophetic word and say, the Lord showed you it. That's where you're in dangerous territory because you're claiming that it's a genuine prophetic word when really it's a prophetic copy or prophetic copycat. So that's much different than teaching somebody else's sermon. Okay. Are you guys getting it? So don't say 
that the word or the Lord told you this or told you that when God was not speaking to you. If you're dry, it's very easy to start copying other people and claiming it to be original. Now, again, I love it that you guys use my stuff. I love that you guys are writing me. My pastor's preaching it. They're teaching it in the youth group. I, I love it. I love it. Now, again, what will be dangerous if you say, oh, I got to share this word God gave me, and then you preach word for word what I preach. Can you use it? Yes. I don't want no credit. I don't want no glory. You don't want to say, oh, Isaiah preaches. I got it from Isaiah. You don't have to give me no credit, but don't say... God showed you this when you really got it from me or you got it from another ministry or God gave one person a word and you're saying God showed you. So again, I don't care. You can use everything I'm saying. You can even re rehearse. You can uh, read your, my prophetic words to your church, but just make sure you're staying. You're not saying that God is showing you because trust me guys, in the prophetic movement, it is incredibly common to steal words. I'm telling you, everybody, God said this, God said this, everybody has their own word, everybody's stealing words from each other. God desires to speak to you directly so you don't need to steal anyone else's prophetic word. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.